Why can't I say sexy? Just to clarify, is it? It's just like it's. I mean, it's like Peggy Hill speaking Spanish. It's like me llamo. It just doesn't make. It's it's. it's, because, it's you're uh, saying it's, it's because I'm too sexy. That's why. No, no, it's it's. You're too attractive. Okay, okay. I just trimmed my beard, and so if you're looking at the Zoom call, that must be. It's just you did. Setting. You did. You did trim your um um your beard right after you fit after you finished doing a psyop. With all of the fireworks <laughs> that you've been setting off, David, has it been you who set off the fireworks? Has it been you? It is. I, I believe the fireworks are being set off by agent provocateurs personally to keep people up at night so that they mm. are more drowsy during the day when they should be marching and possibly destroying property. Yeah. Da for the record, Gabe is correct. David, where is? let's your, see what you say. Where's are your, you correct, Where's David? your proof? <laughs> they call it, uh, the CIA is calling it Operation Warm Milk with Cinnamon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Keeping people drowsy. Yeah. Um, I, uh, not to jump into things too quickly, but I will say for anybody who lives outside of uh, New York City, uh, if you have the opportunity, I would highly recommend going on to um, any neighborhood of next door Just in New York City, uh, particularly Bushwick. And looking at the various forums there, uh, which always start either one of two ways. It's either A, I am a white person who moved here in the last four years and I am kind of like gently trying to broach the fireworks issue that's happening right now and immediately getting shut down. Or it's B, like an old head who's lived here for like 40 years and it's just sort of like, this is what we do. We party in Bushwick. <laughs> and it's always this real like kind of like back and forth between gentrifiers and like OG like people who have been living here and then every once in a while somebody's like I've also been living here for 30 years and there is more fireworks than normal uh it's it's a very it's very fun to watch this uh this uh flashpoint in uh in relations between the newcomers and the old guard uh yeah. is like the uh 2020 Spike Lee do the right thing moment Yes, right. Very much so. Uh, very only, much so. only with a Takashi Six Nine soundtrack. Since we are in Bushwick. Mm -hmm. uh, also, Gabe, I'm almost positive David froze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's so. Look at him. <laughs> he's so inquisitive. <laughs> so I, I'm going to take a picture of this David frozen because that is. Oh no! Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's, he's back. He'll be back. Uh, I'm gonna leave part of this in. So, what's really the great. situation for you, Danny? Are you? I don't hear a lot of uh, fireworks here in, in Punto Verde in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. It's pretty chill, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think from what I can tell, it is a, a pretty big Bedsty Bushwick situation right now, and um, I kind of like alluded to it earlier. But uh, the main thing was uh, first, people were just sort of like. Oh, it's like, it's like June. People are setting off a lot of fireworks. Uh, and then it turned into, hey, this is a lot of fireworks. And then all of, um, you know, it got so accelerated that a lot of people, including like Black Lives Matter people, were just sort of like, 
This could be a psyop. Is it G? Uh, is it Jinping? <laughs> is it China? Is China Xi trying Jinping? to sow? Yeah, are we getting Discord. some Discord sown by the uh, Chinese government? What's uh, happening here? It's. Are you just saying that because it's fireworks? Uh, uh, David, your internet is just so bad, and you never, you never, you never solve it. <laughs> um, now look at his face. He's all like. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because it's like, uh, it's like Xi Jinping via the teens in the local neighborhood because the argument people are making is like, this is unusual because fireworks are expensive. Uh, yes. And if there are people who don't have a lot of jobs, not to mention it's illegal to buy fireworks in New York City, uh, th then it's, it's weird that even this amount like is is getting in here like are people paying with their stimulus checks and uh is this also something where uh they're getting ordered through amazon i don't think you can i have to look into this i'm willing to bet dollars and donuts right now it is impossible to order but it would be i bet you can order no but you're shipping them and anything that's like possibly combustible like the united states postal service does not like uh dealing um with that kind of stuff uh amazon.com all right let's see what what do you think is going to happen when i say when i put in fireworks i think it's going to say we'll have a drone deliver them to you within 24 hours okay we good fire work okay so okay this is fun um yeah no this is just i'm seeing a couple light bulbs that are sort of shit <laughs> that kind of look like fireworks yes uh I see there's some uh, gain fireworks in in wash scent booster. So some oh, weird. Yeah. Oh, there's a couple. Yeah, it's mostly lights. There's there's no way in hell you can buy actual actual fireworks. Confetti. David, uh, I think I can see you again now. Oh, my God. Oh, guys, sorry. I was just lighting off some fireworks. Um... <laughs> I mean, sorry. I, I but No, I... I... Didn't uh, light them all. I, I, look, I am an outside agitator just coming here to to frame, uh, you know, young people who genuinely want to celebrate, you know, the, the month. And I am here solely for the purpose as a elected by Antifa to uh, divide the proletariat. That, that's what I'm here for. I was directed by Jason the Duck, head of Antifa. To do this, to light off all the fireworks in Brooklyn, and I'm, I'm, I admit to that. Wait, so what do you, what do you actually believe? Do you think what, what do you think it is? I want to know. What, Dude, what's? Why are there so many fireworks? I don't know, man. Like people are pissed, and there's 45 million people unemployed, and then no one's got anything yeah. to do. Like also, like I don't know. I loved it. I went on the roof. I go on. I've gone on the roof a couple times in Bedsty, and I see fireworks every night from every direction, and it's lovely. Yeah, and if you if you don't feel like you're getting enough sleep, you can put uh, earplugs in and put an eye mask on. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, it's fine. You live in a city. You live in a city. This is what cities do. They're loud sometimes. If no, no. Okay, okay. All right, look. City, you are correct. Cities are loud. And I want to say, regardless of if this is a psyop, regardless if this is just teens, I'm going to say it. Fireworks are fucking stupid. All right, go home. Go home. What is this? Two thousand BC? What this is? This is this isn't 
like when China <laughs> made them. This isn't when China made fireworks and it was like the peak of techno technological like expression. This is literally this is this shit has not advanced Dude. one set sent since like seventeen hundred. All I right. I say that every <laughs> July fourth. Every <laughs> July is stupid. The biggest advance in fireworks on July fourth was the smiley face fireworks. Dude, no, fireworks why? fireworks are still good for some purposes. Like fireworks are like the candy corn or cracker jack of candy. Like they're not good all the time and they're not as flashy as other candies, but they're still good sometimes in some places. Right, like if you have to distract the zombies in a George Romero movie while you do a <laughs> a run on an abandoned quickie mart, you, you use the fireworks. You guys ever shot Roman candles at your friends? <laughs> you guys have never shot Roman candles at your friends? That's fun as shit. When I was, look, look, look. When I was growing okay. up, we had fireworks all on my block the entire day. We, bought, we, we drove to Missouri, which was a block away from where I grew up. I grew up a Ozarks. Not quite, like twenty minutes in in Kansas City, like just like in can just like a different part of town of Kansas City that I was in, and we would drive there, get an insane amount of fireworks, light off. We put M80s inside a a tin, and the t the lid of the tin shot up into the tree, and we didn't see it come down until the first snow. It was amazing. This is see beautiful. This is some this is some Midwestern ass. Shit, all right. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where you don't set off as much fireworks because you might start a fucking forest fire, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, are you, are you we got you actual... think the CIA is starting out tr trying to start a forest fire in Bed-Stuy? No, you know No, that. no, no, they're, they're, no, they're not. No, there is admittedly not enough trees for any sort of uh, fire of note to, to take take root uh, yes. in Bed-Stuy. Yes, uh, uh, fireworks are the ultimate in Midwestern expressionism. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's it. What if what if the fireworks are actually supportive of the Black Lives Matter movement and it, they're being sent to us from our comrades in other places to show support and they're being sent and because if they're all being sent to neighborhoods in in like predominantly black neighborhoods, Bed Stuy, Bushwick, etc. <laughs> This is just, they're just getting them from unknown allies. Yeah. I mean, it's like an uh, angel investor. Angel investor. George Soros is maybe sending them the fireworks. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you know way. what it is. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that it doesn't really matter what anybody feels about the fireworks because there is basically no answer to trying to stop them like i thought about it and i don't i don't i'm not gonna like make <laughs> you know it's any you're, you're like it is what? impossible to understand where people are getting these fireworks except for asking people no, could, no 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 ask people it's, where they got their fireworks no not that not that it's impossible to like stop people from setting off fireworks once they've already started like i thought about it and the only way to be a, to actually stop fireworks is to be like a level 10 Grinch and just be like driving around in like a pickup truck with a, a bucket of water. So like anytime you see one get get lit, you're just like, ah! <laughs> and you run over there and then you dump the water on it. There's no way to stop it. This is, so you kind of be Danny yeah. in 10 years if he gets the right girlfriend. 
This is <laughs> just enabled. You meet the right girl who's just cruel and callous and probably hot. It, Danny, that will be your life, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the it is really funny, though, because a lot of the uh, some of the, the stories are like people being like, yeah, I got it from a white white guy in a van and he sold them to me for real cheap. It's the, um, <laughs> this is this is phase two of the pallet of bricks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, before we get into that, though, should we get started on the programming? So, look, we had a, a pretty exciting couple days. Um, I just want to start off with the uh, firing of the U.S. attorney in New York, um, which is something I, I think it, it, it's like the, the, the Trump did this in 2017 with Preet Bharara, who I think is insufferable. Um, oh, just like personally, I'm sure he's like a nice guy, but he his Twitter is kind of annoying. But like he uh, this happened again where the Southern District of New York. Their attorney's office was investigating Trump for their some of the their, like a hotel in Turkey, Rudy Giuliani's workings, and some more Michael Cohen stuff. And then William Barr, the attorney general, just announces that this guy has resigned, Joffrey Jeffrey Berman, and he's like, yeah, yeah. "I didn't resign." Resign. <laughs> it was the funniest shit. Yeah, uh, he was like, it, he might as well just gone on record as being like i just want to announce that the uh uh attorney for the southern district of new york city is a fucking bitch uh that's it that's it and then he's like i'm actually not a bitch uh well he he doesn't have the uh uh he 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 tried to fire him but he doesn't actually have the power to do that which is what to me see it's like shooting your shot when you don't have the caliber bullet to to actually affect the change you want to see. I think see. he had the ability to. It's just there's like the Senate Judiciary Committee said no. Is like I, I think yeah. he, I, I I I I don't know. I mean like you're Gabe effectively you're right. Like the but what was like weird is that the the order of operations like Trump had already met with the chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission and played golf with him and like agreed that they were going to give him this job. And right. Uh, and then he had to like walk it back because they just did it. Stupid. They're stupid. I, I can't, <laughs> I don't this know. What, is, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I was just looking it up. The Senate judiciary. This is dude. This is like the goofiest, like odd couple ever. The Republican uh, of the Republicans. The chairman is Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. He said, no, baby. He said, no. But then of the Democratic members, the ranking member is Diane Feinstein. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you, yeah, and, and then, uh, oh, fucking Amy Klobuchar. She's one of them. Oh, yeah. uh, Cory Bo- Corey Booker. Ted Cruz is there. Man, Ben Sass. You got a lot of big names in, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the Senate Judiciary commu- Committee. Look at that. Kamala I mean, Harris? Yep. Well, the, yeah. yeah. Because those are the people that uh, are really there for Supreme Court nominations. So everyone wants to be on that. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This this one was weird because usually the senators from New York basically consent to the hiring and firing of the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. 
um, which is just like, and so Lindsey Graham was like, we're going to abide by this principle. And basically Schumer was like, hell no. Because what happened was Barr and Trump wanted to fire this Joffrey and replace him with a Trump lackey, some guy who would be favorable. Oh, sorry. Excuse yeah. me. I, I, we, don't, we replaced him with SEC Commissioner Jay Clayton, um, who... Who loves some, playing golf with uh, Donald Trump. Who loves playing we golf with say, Donald Trump. and has Allegedly. Promulgated several, you know, rules that have been favorable to the financial sector um, over the course of the past three or four years. Um, and... Some people say he's independent. Some people say he's a moderate, but who knows? I mean, whatever. Uh, and but that guy was going to be the replacement. And it, needless to say, there it is not clear whether he, he... Also, Jay Clayton has no experience as a prosecutor. This guy was just like... <laughs> th this is like... The, the Southern District of New York attorney, U.S. attorney, is maybe one of the most powerful prosecutors in the country. Right? Yeah. And it is not even to question like Jay Clayton's like character uh or like his like he's he's not a Rudy Giuliani like lackey to Trump right but yeah. he has no prosecutorial experience this guy just wanted the job and multiple sources have confirmed this because he's from New York and misses his family like <laughs> oh like, my god <laughs> he's like i need to i need a place i need, i want i want a job where i can walk around and get a decent slice yeah can i get a slice <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't, uh, David. I don't know if this is an um, acceptable comparison, but as some of the listeners may have known, because uh, I have announced it many times, I am indeed reading the audiobook for the Power Broker right now. <laughs> I, I would say I'm a hearty 22 hours out of 66 hours in at this point. Yeah, that's and a deep listen. Deep listen, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it's are, a deep ass listen. Do you have a highlighter for that listening? Are you are you taking mental no, notes? No, no. But I think I'm gonna get the ebook after this, and then try to do a lot of command Fs on it nice. uh, for like certain for certain things. Um, uh, but the funny thing that this is sounds like to me is basically just like OG old school Tammany Hall right. uh, shit. Uh, and for people who don't know, Tammany Hall is basically this like political force uh, within the Democrats and the mid 1800s basically up to the, the 1940s 50s ish and their whole thing was just um appointees or um oh um the thing where you give stuff to people like jobs and and, and just uh ha handouts for what have you like there's a lot of uh stories basically where like like the payroll was so much more and so unequal to the skills of the people who were in charge of things that like the guys who were in charge of like building the Triborough bridge, uh, didn't have engineering degrees. <laughs> like they oh were just, <laughs> they were just a point. They were just appointees because Tammany Hall's like, yeah, I got a, I'm, I'm giving it to this guy. Cause he's my buddy. Who I drink Some, with. Yeah. Sometimes you need yeah. to, you need to pick people who, who think outside the box. And you're like, mm -hmm. what did this guy do before that? Well, he sold horseshoes to the pony express. <laughs> Uh, service. That's what he did. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. let's put him in charge of a a massive technological and engineering wonder. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Hopefully and, he'll um, build it. He's got Moxie. That's like, what more do you need? That's and that's like that's like a kind of an interesting signature 
feature of um, the Trump administration is the sort of um, like glad handing and like all the all the like handoffs and appointments and stuff like all administrations do that. But like some of the like the um, the judges that he's appointed um, and the people who he's sort of like kept adjacent to him are like when people tell that joke and they're like, you know what they call the person who is last in their class at medical school doctor you know like it's right. all just a bunch of all just a bunch of people who are like technically this thing but um shouldn't be in that position you know what i mean yeah i mean the trump administration i mean it's they call out you know they just talk so much about how corrupt the institution is but oftentimes what that is is they're them just like deflecting their own naked corruption or them just doing mm -hmm. something that is like what was once like light and covert and just doing it up front and overtly and just playing into people's cynicism and being like, Hey, at least I'm honest about it. But it's like, well, yes, <laughs> but also you're like also much more flagrant about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it's one of those things where, like, all the Democrats are always just sort of like, oh, ah, like, they always, like, clutch their pearls right. whenever it's, it's so in their face. Um, Which is like, good. Like, I mean, the corruption is bad, right? Can we all agree on the on the, on the the scream that, that corruption is bad? But, like, it's, uh, I don't know. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Daniel. Go ahead. Oh, um, no, I mean, that's, uh, all I was wondering was the follow-up that happened to that. Because that guy eventually did step down right right but he got his dude he got his successor basically like Berman got his like his understudy to take his spot not Clayton so now this guy who's the chair of the SEC the biggest financial regulator in the country okay he is just has this weird cloud over him that's going to follow him for the rest of his career of like almost being the guy who obstructed Trump investigation stuff. And so this he I think he kind of fucked up his career honestly. Like he could have gotten a, he could have Which guy been fucked up his career? Jay Clayton, I the chair of the SEC. I think he The guy easily, who Yeah. I think he easily could have been like so many of these never Trump Republicans or these people who go in and out of the Trump administration like John Bolton or whatever were like you go in, you do your job, you walk out, you criticize, and you like, and you try and distance yourself from them and say that it was like not me. And it, and it's this kind of way that they try and survive and keep maintain their career in polite society and try and be like, I did the best I could with the circumstances. And Jay Clayton has kind of lost his ability to do that because he just basically has gotten caught being a lackey. Yes. Yeah. He's uh. He's sort of um. Um, do you guys recall the lady who George Bush tried to appoint to the Supreme Court in 2004? Harriet Myers. Like, yes, she's that. She is he. Mm. But now, but right. now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> she is he. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, well, that that's all, all fun. And, uh, you know, I don't like talking about Trump, but I just think it's hilarious. That, that's just like a ridiculous story. Um. So another thing that happened, speaking of uh, SEC, actually, we're going to look at the Department of Labor. This is going to get some, like, um, 
little strange, but basically the department we we talked about this in a previous <laughs> episode, right? The 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 SEC and the Department of Labor and basically the entire financial sector has been looking for ways to get normal people to be able to put their money into private equity. Okay? It's the best. We all need to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. There should be an app on my phone where every time I buy a smoothie, the five cents I should be getting back goes into a private equity fund. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to, yeah, I want the penny stocks version of, uh, of that. Yeah. I want to put like, I want to, I want to put like $5 into the complete destruction of Payless shoe source. <laughs> and, just, <laughs> and just lose dude, those five dollars basically dude it's it's like uh it's like you're you're on like ninth avenue and 14th street and somebody runs up to you with a clipboard and they're just like hey 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 hello how's it going hey do you know for the price of a latte uh you can actually uh just uh never see that money again yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, so basically what happened was there was this letter that came out uh, that the Department of Labor put out, uh, and this made big headlines in financial in the financial press. Um, that basically allowed for a specific retirement plan. So um, the SEC regulates all investment funds, stuff like that. But like a a, a retirement plan, like a four hundred one k or a pension, because mm-hmm. those are tied to your employment, are actually regulated by the Department of Labor. Okay, so yes, yes, we've talked about that. Yeah. And so your your retirement fund is the thing that invests in a mutual fund. I know this is going to get it's it sounds things on stacked on top of things, but sorry, your retirement plan, your 401k will invest in a mutual fund. Okay, so this is saying that the Department of Labor said your retirement plan, the Ponzi scream 401k retirement plan um, Mm -hmm. is allowed to invest some of it, uh, like some small percentage of it in private equity. And yes, correct. Correct. So it is a big deal for some people. Some people don't think it's a big deal, but other people are because they've been trying to do this forever. And some people have already been getting away with it, but this is kind of one of the first times where the department of labor has said, yes, this specific retirement plan can do this. And now all of a sudden retirement plans are allowed to do that. Um, Again, another quick thing that I won't spend too much time on is that there's a difference between a 401k and a pension, right? A f- yeah. um, so a pension is something that you get from a union. That's the easiest yes. way to define it. And it, under the law, it has different things and rules associated with it. Uh, it's more stable. And in short, the empl- employer not the employee, takes the hit for bad performance. So if you have a pension plan and your pension plan invests in uh, pay less shoe source or something like that, Uh-oh. then That's That's a, mm-hmm. your boss or your company is going to take the loss from, its, from your pension plan's performance. Whereas in a 401k plan, the employees take the loss. Yeah. Um, which is just... I mean, that's one of the many reasons why a pension plan is like a much better deal for uh, for workers than than the 401k is. But basically, because of that, though, actually, pension plans have been allowed to invest in 
private equity for a while now. So this rule just said that for the first time ever, 401ks can actually invest in, in private equity, which is yeah. a big deal because pension plans are a very small percentage of uh, retirement these days. Like most people just, what is union membership now in this country? 7%, 10%, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So and no one's really getting low. pensions now. Everybody's in the, everyone's doing the 401ks. Everyone's doing them. Yeah. Everyone's doing them. Yeah. And, and now if the 401ks, uh, the onus is on the workers if, if they don't make enough money. Right. You know, that, that now, so now we're all, we're all speeding into a future without seatbelts. We're <laughs> yeah. all, we're yeah. all investing without helmets. There's no, right. yeah. there's no insurance. <laughs> there's no safety net. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we've 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 heard and we've gone over <clears throat> various stories like this in the past, um, and that it should sort of be a familiar sentence. Deregulation. Yeah. <laughs> Deregulation. Um. Uh. For us to hear something like, oh, the blah 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 pension, the teachers' pension, right? The steelworkers' pension was in, invested in this or this or this and it lost a lot of money you know Uh, but one of the aspects of that that was happening in the background was like that the onus and the responsibility wasn't completely on the workers of it now it's just like it's just sort of like there's no there's just there's just no safety net well you know there is there is like a like lawyers so basically there's still a fiduciary duty of the employer to make sure that the investment goes well. But basically, it's, it's like, it, it does this weird roundabout thing, okay? Where instead of just saying, like in a pension plan, employers take the hit for bad performance. Now, because of crazy shit, um, it is that the it falls on the employees, but if the employer, if the employers mismanage then the employees can sue the their bosses. And yeah. what that does is not only does that make it, you have to all of a sudden go through litigation. It becomes incredibly complicated and expensive and multi-year. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden all these lawyers are making a bunch of money, right? Whereas, um, and that is, you know, God bless the lawyers for, do, for doing what they can given the constraints, but they make attorney's fees off of this, which means they're getting a cut of what should have been your retirement plan in the first place had you just had a pension the whole time. Yeah, it's a it's definitely a system that is going to encourage people breaking shit first and then apologizing. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. There's going to be there's going to be a lot of you know and I mean I I think that is um that's the thing that makes people so frustrated about this stuff cuz like you you know it it's like a lose-lose situation if it is your money in like any way it's a lose situation because the 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 you know whether it's you know the banks or the lawyers or um the private equity they always have a head start they're always they always have a head start to do all that right and then the onus is on you to uh be diligent and follow up with that and like i don't know not uh, fall into complete destitution over the course of like one to five years right. while everything plays out. And then even if things turn out okay for you, then you might be in one of those goofy ass situations like Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Shanghai bank 
where after being convicted of like you know uh sort of halfway uh laundering money for the mob they only pay a measly like 2.1 billion which is um less than one percent or whatever of like their assets under management you know right and and, and this is this is why i like i really loathe the idea of financial literacy as a concept because that is putting the onus on the investor to have to have good performance when it should be the onus should be on the financial professional to make sure that you Mm -hmm. have those returns right like there is not like the same calls for financial lit- like for medical literacy we just expect doctors to heal us <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you are supposed to ask the doctor if this is the right medicine for you and then uh and then there's like the lit- the giant list of uh side effects at the at the bottom of every commercial right for bullshit products so they yeah. are trying yeah i mean i'm not i i'm a ag- i'm a ag- i agree with you and i think that um Farm, big pharma would love it if uh, we took all the blame. Yeah, if the consumer took all the blame. I mean, the, the, yeah, that that is the exact like analogy of this four hundred one k stuff, which is like, yes, there is some side effects, and like, ask your financial professional if investing, also if investing in this specific mutual fund is right for you. Like, when you get a a four hundred one k, actually, oftentimes what will happen is there will be um, a menu of things you can invest in. And they uh. actually, your financial <laughs> professional is obligated to like show you the menu, which is oftentimes very conflicted and is like owned by the financial advisor or they have some stake in it or they're getting some kickback um, for it. And then you choose among those and it's, it, it's the exact same thing. Like talk to your doctor today if Lipitor is right for you or talk to your doctor today if, you know, the Vanguard fixed income equity fund is right for you today. It's it's the exact same thing of just trying to put the onus on the individual to make the decision for the purposes of allowing further commodification and capitalizing and just to allow the vultures to swoop in more. Uh, yeah, if, if anything, what what this it's like a couple, I think a year and a half ago, um, uh, Trump was going on about how he loved how the um, the tax return had gone from being like this big to being like this big. Yeah. Like it was this, it was, he was just like, I love it. It's so tiny. It's so good. You know, uh, I think that should happen, but for financial, uh, uh, tools and regulations, like if you can't explain how this works in a Berenstein bears book, fuck out of here. I mean, this is one of the many things that Trump does that is like, in theory, that sounds good. If it were actually, helping the working class but like Mm -hmm. it's not like he (laughs) once again this whole like like little like index card of tax returns would be beneficial to like regular americans if that tax cut that trump passed were actually helpful to regular americans but it's not it's again like the aesthetics of populism with the um actual consequences of just totally enriching making the rich richer yeah it's beautiful diarrhea you know it's beautiful but it's diarrhea (laughs) so uh, (laughs) right after this study came out um right after this uh, department of letter thing came out a study came out from the university of oxford that held that found that private equity funds have failed to outperform equity 
indexes over a 10-year period, okay? So um, basically what that's saying is that if you just put your money in the S&P 500 and don't do anything to it, just put it in a regular index fund that tracks, you know, NASDAQ or whatever. What you're saying is you don't need more Rube Goldberg, Rube, like, uh, Goldberg style uh, products to sell people a whole entree platter of uh, yeah. investment tools. Yeah. It performs better um, or performs about the same as private equity does. And what the study found is that the estimated total performance related fees collected by private equ equity funds. Is estimated to be two hundred and thirty billion. Most Woo! of most oh, of which yeah, goes baby. To, <laughs> most of which goes to a relatively yeah, relatively small number of individuals. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the report also said that the number of private equity executives with personal fortunes of more than two billion dollars has risen from three in two thousand five to twenty two. Um, uh, I hate that that could have been matched uh, by an inexpensive index fund. This this wealth transfer from seven uh, from several hundred million pension scheme members to a few thousand people working in private equity might be one of the largest in the history of modern finance. Yeah, I mean, I don't know I I hate to do the Occam's razor thing where people are like, hey, if it's this simple, then it must be the best option or equating. Uh, equating two things, but I mean, I think the way people try to obfuscate all this stuff and yeah. hide it, I mean, it, it is quite telling, you know? Right. I'm not saying every financial tool should be just this, like, it's A to B, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, they really are trying to hide it, you know? It's like, look, man, if I had if I had one of those goddamn Rube Goldberg devices and it, it like put my toast in my goddamn toaster perfectly every time after knocking over a boot and like scaring a cat and like, you know, uh, uh, buttered the bread perfectly every single time. Hell yeah, I'd have it. That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, though, uh, nine times out of ten, um, you know, the boot flies through the wall and then the, the, the peanut butter gets on the, the jam toast wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then when you actually do get your toasted piece of bread, you, you get a, a third of it is all you get in return because yeah. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. rest of it goes to the guy that created the Rube Goldberg machine. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly Yeah, there's right. just like, there's they, like an executive on each part of the device who's just going like, and just yeah. like taking a bit, a bit out. I mean, There's just a, a big fat finance guy who's been carb loading all day on your bread, baby. <laughs> I mean, not only would a 401k plan who invests in private equity have to pay fees to the private equity firm, they would probably also have to hire more financial advisors themselves in order to help choose which private equity fund to invest in. Because most of these people who manage 401ks just like work in HR they're just like no like they don't have expertise in this sort of stuff and so they're going to charge fees as well like it you're exactly right that every single layer there's just another person taking a bite out of that and those mm -hmm. fees are coming out of your 401k yeah dude look i look 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 baby i i wish there was a cooler way to open a door other than a doorknob but you know what it's just not 
it's just it's not it's not what it is you know <laughs> so just just open that damn door and and, and be done with it you know but just, danny i've got this remote it's a universal remote control that also works on your television, <laughs> but it works on the rotating door that we now have installed in all of these buildings. And yes. uh, unfortunately, the lithium batteries that this uh, remote control takes, uh, they're specialized and they, they don't follow the standardized format of other batteries. These batteries yeah. only work for this remote. So it's, it's, it's super, but it's really cool. It's a really cool <laughs> door and remote. There's and I a, yeah. I swear it's it's, <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna decapitate anybody trying to go through the other doors if you just push it randomly. Like you're not, also, you're not killing people. Uh, anytime your remote or the door mechanisms break down, we actually have a certification program where there's a special uh, yes. mechanic that only mm. works on those doors, and then another special mechanic that only works on those remote controls. But trust me, it's much sexier than the doorknob. Yes, it's much it's much better. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna have to see what happens with this one. Um, this could be just sort of like a a normal like oh, who knows what's gonna happen, or it could be like um, when they they first came up with collateralized debt obligations in like the nineteen eighties, like the Big Short, like that yeah. big, that big fat guy that big fat guy was just like, hey, we could turn the housing market into a, a financial. Uh, product you know that, who knows think, what could happen i think that unfortunately there's a very significant segment of the democratic party who is now and that segment is in charge of the democratic party um arguably always has been is very invested in certain sectors of the financial world and also um in the like lawyers and like the legal sector um so yeah i don't think this pushback is going to be that strong i think that had uh, you know, like Hillary Clinton been elected president and she appointed a, a labor chief and a SEC commissioner, those people mm -hmm. would not have pushed for this. But now that um, it's happened, I don't expect if a, if Biden got elected, I don't expect Biden would reverse it. That's uh, which is a which is a, a consistent theme, frankly, with the Democratic Party. Yeah, honestly, dude, I'm just like super glad that nancy pelosi is 80 years old and like she's like closer to death you know <laughs> than like most people like i i don't want to be like, excessively dark but like do you guys ever just think about how it's just like oh yeah the democratic machine's never going to actually change anything but i'm like yeah but nancy pelosi like she will die in the next 20 years like it's very likely that, yeah but like, ghouls live forever man henry kissinger is still out here <laughs> still out there he's still out there dude. he is uh, how actually um how or uh, Sheldon Adelson's another one. Like these dudes are just like a million years old, and they've all got these like cybernetic Wally, uh, like lazy boys that they just float around in. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Life expectancy may be decreasing in the United States, but it is increasing for very, very, very wealthy people. Dude, 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 dude. How old do you think Henry Kissinger is? I've got it in front of me. I think he's ninety-eight years old. David, what do you think? 103. Gabe, you were closest. He is 97. He's so wow. old. Oh my God. That guy's such a fuck. Oh man, I hate him so much. And he still looks hot as shit. God damn. God damn. Thick, uh, thick snack. Yeah. <laughs> the thickest. He's got some sponge. Like, he's got, he looks like SpongeBob's ugly cousin. Do you guys remember those episodes? <laughs> 
when SpongeBob's uh, ugly cousin would show up to the to Bikini Bottom, and he just looked. He was like awkward and like much poofier, and really liked like one really specific vegetable that SpongeBob hated. Uh oh, I oh he does kind of. <laughs> Yeah, you see it now. Danny just Googled it. He sees a little it. bit. A little bit. Kissinger's got a big fucking... He's got one of those big rectangular ass heads. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he does He does look like that. You are right. Good. Great. <laughs> Stan, Stanley, Stanley Squarepants. So, but the thing... So, all this to say is that this has been happening with pensions for a while. Employers have been eating the fees, basically. Um... You know, I mean, I don't know whether the pension fund has been paying for the fees for these private equity funds, but they haven't been showing the returns that they should have been. Um, and it is just going to be even more precarious for everyone else who does not have a pension fund um, when the, when this starts happening in mass. But speaking of pensions, I thought, uh, well, I guess we thought we would talk about police unions, baby. I love unions. I love yes. a union. I love uh, in RoboCop, the police have a union in RoboCop. Yeah. And uh, OCP is trying to break the police union. They go on strike. They let the criminals take over for a little while. I don't know. I'm conflicted. I like unions. And then you mm-hmm. say police union, and I hate police. Mm-hmm. But I like, wh- how am I supposed to feel? It's like jumbo. How am I supposed <laughs> to feel? Yeah. Uh, David, correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, I believe it's my understanding when it comes to unionisms is there's the uh, you can have things like um, an industrial union, a trade union, a craft union and a uh, like uh, employer union. So like an employer union isn't a union because it's just made by the company. Uh, an industrial union is like the IWW, which is everybody. Mm -hmm. And then you've kind of got those weird little two in the middle where a um trade union is like a plumber or a person who does like a very specific task like maybe they work on a kind of operates like a guild uh, yeah something like that but um a craft union is like similar but it's um much more self-centered in the sense that it's not really in the service of like um, dissuading any kind of like capitalistic excess, like mm. it's really just it's really just more of a th- um, like a, a racket or a protection a protection right, unit exactly. for like the the worst offenders, you know. Which is why like people always feel conflicted when they're like, I hate the subway, and uh, but they have a union, and it's just sort of like the subway union. You could argue is more of a, a trade a trade union, you know. Well, I mean, you don't need you to know? make it necessarily like do. So that's the thing. This is where it gets weird, right? Okay, because let's just like go through and talk about some of the like atrocities of police unions, right? Yeah, yeah. Like before we get into like all like whether what classification they're into, like they um there's I mean, that sounds like a whole different episode to talk about every type of like do a animal kingdom version of unions. Yeah, let's yeah, fo- yeah. No, let's that's... focus on yeah, police yeah. unions today. And it's important to talk about them, like, a little bit. Um, but really, like, a cop union, for example, like, there was this, uh, an, a, a, this just happened. The uh, new LAPD chief 
received a $1.27 million retirement payout before being rehired. Um, so that was probably like what? further. Collective- yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> hey, that's a, uh, is it, that's like skipping from both sides, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. So there are, um, a lot of issues where cop unions can avoid misconduct per their collective bargaining agreement, right? Like in a collective bargaining agreement, you can really negotiate over anything. But some of the things that cop unions are allowed to do is to, um, they can negotiate like when, if they're accused of a crime, they have like certain legal protections to like not speak about it for a few days. Um, There are uh, certain just like, allowances that a police union does to sort of protect certain uh, police misconduct, police brutality cases. There are policemen. There there was a recent issue with in New York city where the SBA made up a story about Shake Shack poisoning cops. That whole Uh, thing was just proven to just be completely false. Like they didn't, I, I, I didn't, they didn't even get that bad of diarrhea. I heard like it wasn't even like the whole thing was just bullshit. And they just had to walk around their precinct all day, being like, "I think I got diarrhea from a milkshake." <laughs> uh, um, I actually have a uh, a nice little, uh, quick little couple sentences from the Police uh, a Field Guide book by David Ah David Korea and Tyler Wall about police unions. Uh, uh, police unionism represents a profound irony where trade unions emerged during the Industrial Revolution to defend the shared interest of workers. Modern police unions in the United States emerged in reaction to civil rights era organiza- organizing that highlighted the role of police and police violence in right. defending racism and segregation. Police unions thus drew on the language of unionism not as a means to stand in solidarity with other workers, but rather in order to give credibility to their efforts to protect police officers from police oversight and the criminal investigation of officer misconduct. So it's a weaponizing um, working class language and aesthetics uh, for the the purpose of oppression. They don't even like so. The, so um, I saw this tweet that was from a Minneapolis ward member. Um, he basically taught. He said, "I'm as pro union as a person can be." The police federation should not be thought of as a union. They do not affiliate with the AFL-CIO. They don't walk picket lines in solidarity. I do, and I have never seen them on a line. Not once. They distort hard-earned labor laws to defend indefensible behaviors. Uh, in one example, the city recently lost an arbitration after Chief Arondondo, Arondondo fired a cop for beating someone while in handcuffs. Kroll, on behalf of rank-and-file MPD, pressed the case and won that officer's job back. Uh, Kroll, I think, mm-hmm. is the head of the, uh, the Minneapolis Cop Union. Um, I mean, th- these are things where they are negotiating in collective bargaining agreements extra-judicial and extra-legal procedures that no one should have. I mean, we can all <laughs> say... Like, we can all say that, like, unions, you should be able to collectively bargain for whatever you want, but no one can bargain to you know, in your contract for you to be able to murder and get away with it. And I, I, I like, Danny, that you brought up the fact that cops operate as essentially uh, 
what like antagonizers of the civil rights movements. I mean, I've seen yeah several places that uh, you know cops were initially created for the purposes of catching slaves, runaway slaves. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a a thing where yeah, like when somebody says like, did you know that cops were originally only created as um slave uh wranglers? It's like Patrols. you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's like. You're right, but also like that's like one prong of like why the police are bad. Like you got to come at it from a multi-tiered prong, and if you say right. it, ju- if you say it's only because of that, people are going to start contradicting you in certain ways. I actually, this is a quick little thing too. You mentioned um, a- about just uh, getting to have like the um, the the pros of being a union yeah. with none of the con- uh, none of the cons. Um, Police unions were exempted from Republican Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker's 2014 union-busting law, which stripped wow. public employees of collective okay. bargaining rights. So, like, all the other unions didn't, they, gone, except yeah. for fucking police, you know? Yeah. Well, I like this idea that you never see cops on uh, picket lines with their brothers and other unions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They sh- no, they straight up, and they, they don't. And, and uh, and I, it's one. It, it's hard to explain to people because, like, especially coming from a New York perspective, there, there really is this sort of like um, taint on a lot of um, union activity. I mean, like, it's been thought of as like a uh, extra legal affair, you know, going back to this fifties and sixties, you know, um, you know, what was his fucking name? The guy the, who he Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, you know, Jimmy Hoffa is a very common common reference to that. And it's like, okay, are were there sanitation workers who were probably getting paid a little bit more or, you know, had control over a complete control over certain industry aspects? It's like maybe, probably. You know, there's there's a very high right. likelihood of and, that. And and but that like, led to the destruction of unionism in America, right? Like yeah, yeah. So there, there's something to be said of like, you want to root out malfeasance and bad behavior when it exists. Mm-hmm. And, but you also recognize that cops are inherently antagonistic to working class interests. You know, they protect private property, oftentimes at the expense of protecting working people. Um, so it's not just the unions themselves. It could be just the police are inherently corrupt. Right. And you don't want to use the malfeasance of police as an excuse to break up public sector unions. Right. Because basically like what happened with Jimmy Hoffa was Jimmy Hoffa was was treated as this like uh, he is the reason why all unions should end. And that was he was used as the scapegoat for attacking trade unions and basically building up all this public antagonism to unionism as a concept. And now we are where we are today. Um, so there is a real, I I must say there is a concern about that. Um, and I I just wanted to talk about why I think cop unions are a little bit different with an analogy, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about how cops were used to catch slavehold, uh, runaway slaves. Cops were also used in the early industrial revolution, um, actually to prevent strikes and to, uh, before strike companies. breaking. That was, yeah, strike that, was, breaking. that was a big, yeah. That Huge was a part big, of it. I mean, yeah. I mean, there, there were wars that were fought over strikes. You know, in Harlan County in Kentucky, there was this huge war where 
dozens of people were killed by the National Guard or by cops for striking, right? Um, this is a, a known thing. And now, then what happened was managements just started hiring private security guards to guard their property mm -hmm. and break up strikes. Um, the, Pinkert the Pinkertons. Pinkertons, right. So yeah. under the National Labor Relations Act, initially, um, guards, you know, private security officers, let's, you know, let's call yeah. them what they are, right? Guards could unionize with um, the rest of the factory floor, okay? So you could have it be some industrial floor where you have okay. the garment workers, the coal miners, and the guards who are supposed to break up their strike unionize together, okay? Quickly, 12 years later, um, Congress realized that that created a conflict of interest because when management tried to break up the strike— like they do by calling in the guards, guards were also on strike. So they basically had no one to break up the strike. There was, it was too- Oh my God. It was That's too powerful. crazy. It was too Labor powerful. had the weapons. Labor had, I mean, the, the power that the National Labor Relations ha Act had between 1935 and 1947, um, so much stronger than what it was from 1947 on. I mean, it, it was, it just got, uh, they got rid of second, the, Secondary boycott, I think, was 47 or 56, where that got erased. And, and this changed as well. So now, with the amendment, it said that guard unions can't, guards can unionize, but guards have to unionize separate from the rest of the union. They can't join the AFL-CIO or whatever. And, or, you know, they can't join the coal miners union. They have to do a separate mm -hmm. guard union. And because it would prevent that sort of conflict of interest and allow management to utilize them as they see fit in breaking up a strike. Uh, to co-opt them. To, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, to take, to take over their interests and be like, uh, hey, buddy, uh, look, uh, hey, I'm Mr. Hey, I'm Mr. Capitalism over here. Couldn't help but notice that you and your buddies, you know, you're also working people too, so maybe I just pay you a little bit more, you know, take a little right. bit more taxpayer money, give you some of this. <laughs> Those other, those other guys making boots and shit like that, don't you worry about them. Don't you worry about them. You gotta fucking stomp the shit out of them when they start to stop working. Right. But otherwise, you'll be sitting pretty, you know? So it's not necessarily that, like, if, like, the teachers go on strike. I mean, so, like, basically, um, what that says, you know I mean? Now, that's an analogy, right? But the important thing is that if you have the job of protecting private property, you fundamentally have slightly distinct or very distinct interests of the rest of the working class. That mm -hmm. is just fundamentally, you operate differently. And it may be a you Venn diagram in certain circumstances, but when push comes to shove, um, if your job is to protect private property, um, there's, you have a different interest. Well, it's like RoboCop, man. I mean, he is a, <laughs> he's a machine and he's programmed with four directives. Right. And so those mm. directives are different than every other labor uh, movement. Labor, everyone else in labor is not protecting someone else's private property. They're looking out for each other or for, or for more time off or right. for a more humane work environment. And cops are security guards and the tools of real estate developers. Yeah. So they can't, even when they are aligned with you, uh, it's only a 
it's only a very temporary partnership. Right. Because they're, Dude. Fu- they're it's like they're different animals. They're different creatures because they believe they have different values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um, I don't know if you guys have thought about this, but like I think over the past day, I was like ruminating over the idea of what it means to be in a police union, like what the reality of that is, and also thinking about how, especially right now, um, what would the sort of like being right in the eye of the storm of the coronavirus. Um, with the NBA also being slated to sort of like kind of like come back to finish out its season in Orlando, Hmm. Florida, and how for uh, a while it was kind of up in the air over whether that happened or not. And one of the reasons it did kind of happen or or it it was sort of up in the air like that is because um, basketball players have a pretty strong union. They are hard to replace. They're yep. incredibly specialized in what they do. And I think, I, I don't know if I'm out of turn saying this, but it's just like a coal miner has, a coal miners union has way more in common with the National Basketball Players Association Union than any cop. There's just, it's like, you're talking about, right. uh, it's like, it's like, yeah, like Damian Lillard is making like $20 million. But uh, he and the guy who works in, you know, um, Eastern Kentucky, they're both trying to not be taken advantage of by people who are higher than them. Right. It's like, you know, like, you know, like all those all those NBA owners, all those professional sports owners, it's like they specifically make it look. And they they want to impose on the public. Look at these extravagant lives that these people live. They're so insane. It's just sort of like, no, man, uh, they have uh, 10 years to make as much money as they possibly can. And literally one out of a million people get to do what they do. And they need as much protection as possible. Ergo, they are more in line with a coal miner than a cop ever. And not every star, not every NBA player is a star. There are a lot of them who do not make as much money as LeBron or whoever, you know, like it is. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen before from our own show that, uh, just because you make all that money in a short amount of time, you don't keep it. It, right. uh, you can go bankrupt. You can get swindled. Right. You still have, yeah, there, mm-hmm. there's no income coming after that income. And if you get injured, yeah. then you can get really, I mean, like, I mean, think about all the football players who's, who die so much earlier than everyone else in professional wrestling like the life expectancy is like in the sixties or fifties. If you're a professional yeah. wrestler, I mean, just like it's really, really, really tough stuff. And if you don't have, I mean, I assume the NBA has negotiated some sort of, you know, lifetime injury provision where if you get permanently injured, the, the NBA union will take care of you. And that's the thing is to like, that is, was the idea behind this LAPD chief, you know, I mean, this sort of stuff happens in those provisions exist in cop unions as well. Right. Right. So let's for people that haven't read about it, we had uh, Michael Mike in quotations more was a was a he just became police chief in L.A. Yeah. And he was last getting year. his pension at simultaneously. He was getting his pension for the last five years. He was on duty as well as his uh, paycheck. Right. And, 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 and there's also, uh, I've, I've read elsewhere that there are 
uh, circumstances where if a cop gets injured on the job, that they can just instantly start collecting, like raking in like uh, injury compensation fund. Yeah. That is, yeah, you yeah. know, and, and they can ride that for the rest of their lives, basically. And for cops who do get, you know, you get shot by a bank robber, right? Like that seems like a reasonable thing, but there's been like abuses of that. So like, I guess I bring that up is just because it's, it's complicated, right? Like they're it's, all- co- it, it's complicated, but more than anything else, I think it's really, I, I don't know, much in the same way that people are saying abolish the police instead of like reform the police to make them better in this specific way because abolish the police or defund the police is a much more stronger message. The message to sort of take from this is that the police are a gang. They are right. not a union. They are a gang. All right. Unions uh, have at least some animosity to the idea of like rampant laissez-faire capitalism just fucking everybody right. the police don't give a fuck and right like like dipshits they don't even spend their money on cool shit <laughs> like it's like <laughs> you're not it's like these are people who are making sometimes six figure uh six figure things and what do they do they buy a fucking like a dumbass mcmansion in fucking uh you know hillsborough oregon so that then they can come into portland oregon every once in a while and beat somebody up you know right. <laughs> it sucks right that was a very specific take. It's a, it a was very, a, a very regional uh, grievance against yeah, uh, Oregon police. Well, <laughs> no, let's uh, here. I'll, I'll I'll do this. How about how about this? Uh, this is for Gabe. Um, this is uh, okay. I'll do it for Gabe. Okay. Yeah, you got some dipshit who lives in McLean, Virginia, who drives into D.C. every day just there so they can go. beat up a uh, some shithead. Or for um for David, it could be like uh. You got some fucking loser living in Dupo, Illinois, who drives into St. Louis, uh, Missouri, every once just to beat up some people in Ferguson. Uh, All, relatable. Everyone from St. Louis. <laughs> I, I, I want to point out, everyone from St. Louis is a police officer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, All I'm, police. Stay. I am from Kansas City for the... 15,000th time that I've told you. Danny. I know, I know, I know, but it's close <laughs> enough. I'm, I'm going with close... Uh, don't make me say no, because Wichita is like a, a like major city. I'm trying. I can't. I don't know what's the yeah, what's the right. city you don't around know. Kansas. That's right. You don't know, Danny. You don't. Um, there. Uh, I'll come up with one. I just you know like I I think that we try and think about really you know solutions that get to the core of an issue on Ponzi screen, right? But this one is weird, and I think that one it easy is. solution is not just necessarily say like. We're gonna amend the labor laws to pr- to prevent cops from unionizing. Um, I don't think you should. Cops should be allowed to have unions like every worker, but you should amend the labor laws that say um, a, a a a collective bargaining agreement cannot allow you to have different criminal procedure laws than everyone else. You cannot get away with murder under a, under a collective bargaining agreement, right? That is an easy. Yeah. Very easy thing to say, right? You could also just defund the police. You can you can fire cops. There's no there, there's no you don't need to change anything about unions to fire half the police force in the, in New York City. And you wouldn't change anything about the SBA at all. You've just yeah, you've just regulated their you you you're saying that certain behaviors are unacceptable regardless of if you're in a union or not, which would yeah. be the case in any other union. Right. If I worked at a factory 
and I decided to unload a full clip on an immigrant down the street because they were pulling out their wallet, and I thought it was a gun, then I would get you'd get fired for and also arrested for murder. Right. Yeah. Like a union has like anyone has an obligation to like stop people from murder. Like, it's, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't feel like that's yeah. controversial. Yeah, dude, David, you don't want some loser driving in from Piper or Gray's Park or Edwardsville <laughs> or Sh- or Shawnee or North Kansas City or Parkville and then macing somebody in Kansas City, Kansas. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Do you feel I, seen? Yeah, do you feel <laughs> I feel I feel heard and seen. Yeah. I, yeah. Um uh, yeah, you can fire cops and like look, they should get their severance. Like if you fired half the NYPD, I think that it's reasonable to say that New York City should uphold their severance obligations under the contract. Um unless and, 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 and unless you're found guilty of committing gross misconduct or murder. These are things where mm-hmm. you can lose your pension, lose your severance. And lose all your benefits from that sort of stuff because you're in jail, for example. Yes, yes. Uh, it's uh, it's it's um. Oh, what was I just gonna say? Uh, nope, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> uh, um, any, yeah. I think we should definitely touch, uh, maybe on another episode, touch back on sort of the um. Labor more. I'd love to hear more about unions and do a deeper exploration into them, and also. Uh, maybe conflicting interests that certain unions have over others and and progressive causes in general. Hell oh, yeah, oh. let's get in, intra left is... fighting, baby. That's my shit. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I, re- I, I remember. I remember that. Just what I was gonna say as a nice little coda to everything. Uh, you know, uh, we're recording this um, in later June on the twenty second, and as of right now, uh, one of the guys who shot Brianna Taylor. Not uh, it, he's not fired or no he was not charged with anything he right. was merely fired right and the other two nothing's happened to them and that I think should speak uh, volumes right. to what is uh, to what police unions uh, can accomplish you know? get rid of that shit like cut that shit out you should have yeah, yeah. you should have a cop union whose purpose is to like get them better wages and get them better pensions you know like yeah. I don't want I don't want a cop union getting robbed by private equity as much as I don't want anyone else to get ro- getting robbed by private equity but cut that cut those practices out that uh, allow them to murder without getting away with it well and get away with it it's it's, it's that's the easy shit yeah word anyway you know I'm just gonna be here uh refurbishing my uh singer antique sewing machine from 1937 <laughs> it's gonna be tight it's gonna be a fun time you know yeah, I get it. So it was Henry Wallace's wife's uh, sewing machine from the uh, Great Depression. <laughs> That's a yeah. New Deal sewing machine, baby. It is. This is this is a, a pre World War II sewing machine. Danny, yeah, uh, Danny, I'll buy that. I'll, I'll I'll trade you that for a pair of earplugs. Yeah, just one. I have one oh. pair of earplugs, baby. I'll give you. Yeah. Some. So I I, I both uh, sell the fireworks and the earplugs. That's my that's my I used, that's my game. I I used to wear earplugs um, when I slept because my old roommate in Portland had sleep apnea that was so bad that it sounded like he was dying every night. So I would be right next to his wall and just hear like, 
Cool. So it trained you for a job. It trained you for a job at a hospice. Yeah, very much so. You're just yeah, yeah. ready to hear people's last gasps. And then start. Oh, God. Yeah. Get a CPAP right. machine if you can, people. All, All right, well, gentlemen. On that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right, everyone, good night. Have a good week. Be yeah. Safe. I'll, I'll see you later. Get a CPAP machine. Ciao. <laughs>